We're kicking down this motherfucking door, and we're doing that. Let's get into it. If there's anything that could be haunted, for sure that fucking chair's haunted. Then again, the internet always wins. The internet always wins. Searching around about uh, this dock I found. Let's be frank, there's piss on the floor. Welcome back for another week. This week we watched Manufacturing Descent um, about Michael Moore. I am joined by Christian and Mitch as always. Yo. Good, good day, gentlemen. Hello. Um, so yeah, so Manufacturing Descent uh, is a uh, documentary. I had it up here. Once, 2007, uh, directed by Rick Kane and Debbie Melnick. It is a Canadian doc. Uh that I didn't, I didn't realize that uh, yeah. until until watching. So it was uh, basically commissioned by uh, Chum, um, and uh, which is a, a network up here in Canada. Fucking evil bastards. Yeah, and City TV, which is like their major uh, major channel. So yeah, the interesting little uh, um, little tidbit. Yeah, was it actually commissioned by C- City TV? Yeah, Chum is yeah. their parent network. Like, oh. is their parent company? Well, because they made up business cards and they were. But they don't work. Teams. They don't work for City TV or Chum. They, oh, they were just funded by. Yeah, it was yeah. Just like freelance. Yeah, for like oh. like independent contractors. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what? Which is this is kind of a wild documentary that it was supposed to just go straight to TV. Yeah. So really? <laughs> what Christian is mentioning? So um, basically. The whole documentary, the premise is, you know, they're trying to track down Michael Moore and get a sit-down interview with him, kind of along the same vein as Moore's documentary, Roger and Me, where he mm. tried to sit down with uh, Roger Smith. Um, Which made him famous. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, they continually go into these press conferences he has on this uh, press tour uh, for his movies and everything. And uh, um, the one that they show up to it's at a, it's a talk at a university or something. They, they can't get in without press, uh, um, credentials. Yeah. They don't have it cause they're not news, uh, um, news, uh, channel people. So they create fake business cards saying that they're from city TV and chum. And, uh, yeah. So that gets them in, um, basically as a kind of nod to something that Michael Moore did in, in one of his documentaries to get into uh, a meeting with someone. Yeah. yeah, I think this doc started out pretty innocently too, like in yeah. its in its production inception. I think they just wanted to talk to him because they they liked him. Yeah, yeah. And he started becoming evasive, and he they were talking to people all around him because they couldn't actually get to him. And turned out, yeah, that people revealed some information that changed the course of the documentary itself. Yeah, so it's what, um, it's great that they talk to like insanely, insanely smart people too. Yeah. So it's kind of seems that like Michael Moore can't come back and be like, oh, well, this is where I was wrong. And or like, this is like where you guys were wrong. So I, I'll, I'll get into, yeah, something a little bit later, but the whole, the whole point of the documentary from the get go was that, uh, um, Michael Moore is a little bit fictitious in his, uh, um, uh, in his, uh, documentary filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, so that, uh, they're trying to just kind of show that and, uh, um, kind of expose that, um, they may be fans of his, his work, but they, they still knew that he took liberties with, with facts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to start this off by saying, um, when I was young and naive, um, <laughs> I was a huge Michael Moore fan. Like when Bowling for Columbine came out, loved it. I thought it was, uh, a, uh, a Marvel. Uh, I thought it was one of the best, uh, you know, movies I've ever seen uh, in a documentary vein. Um, I remember for Christmas or my birthday one year, I got the whole box set of uh, his TV show, The Awful Truth. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Holy. Um, cool. I saw Fahrenheit 9/11 when it came out. Like in, I was working at the movie theater then, I believe, uh, and uh, I saw Sicko uh, in uh, in theaters as well. The more I, I learn about Michael Moore, 
the more I see it's it's performance pieces or right. his movies. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say about this documentary, they're just as guilty at what they're accusing Michael Moore of doing. Really? Oh, oh yeah. So what did you learn? So I was reading up on it, and uh, uh, here I can bring it up here. Um, but basically, like Michael Moore says, um, he, he brings up a good point. He said, "Do you think if?" I actually sat down and talked to Roger Smith in a full interview that GM wouldn't use that to discredit me um, mm-hmm. when that movie came out and was giving them tons of bad press. He's like, I didn't talk. He's like, I talked to him for five minutes before the whole uh, inception of Roger and me came out. Um, but I talked to him for five minutes about a tax abatement uh, that uh, Flint was giving GM and, yeah. And all that stuff. He said, I, I never sat down and had two interviews with him like people are saying. Uh, which is a good point. Why wouldn't GM say, you did talk to Roger Smith this mm-hmm. date, this time, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, and discredit him. Um, so, so I think Michael Moore is not a good guy. I think he is fairly fictitious, and I think he's entertainment uh, more so than documentaries in the vein that we watch documentaries right um yeah i think you know we've talked about this a lot with american teen and being editorialized and uh uh, Mm -hmm. some fictitious and just building drama um i just thought of this right now but with all the stuff in the news and like there's been documentaries about it Mm -hmm. of like the fucked up water in flint michigan yeah and he's literally he, he grew up around there right so like maybe maybe he's just a little crazy from the water. That see, was your point. Oh, but we need to run like his levels, like blood levels, and see if he's got like eighty times the amount of lead you're supposed to have in your blood or something. So that's why he's just like running his film career like a dictator. That's why uh, he's so angry. Um, yeah. So yeah. So like it's stuff like that, like kind of stuff that this documentary pointed out. Um, that I. I, I hope is is true that they made the point in this documentary, um, but like when he, in Bowling for Columbine he uh, goes to Charlton Heston's house mm-hmm. um, and gets in and Charlton Heston sits down with him. Um, someone in this documentary made the point that at that point Charlton Heston was kind of losing his marbles a little bit, mm. and uh, yeah, I thought that that was a bit of like maybe un ungrounded or unfounded. Um, information because the guy who said that i don't i don't know how close he really is to charlton heston and but i think it's well like charlton heston at the end was like like dementia yeah oh mm-hmm. and so the point that they made here like the the story he kept bringing up to charlton heston saying you went and talked about this gun balancing um like three days after this like six-year-old girl was was murdered yeah and, and that wasn't correct like it happened months before or months after yeah, I think th- they went months after. Yeah, yeah. That uh, he spoke there, and Charlton Heston's like, "Oh, I, you know, I didn't know that happened." Um, so yeah, so it, it's that kind of like, and then you know, not that I was a George Bush fan, um, but like to editorialize that um, dinner speech that, that he had, thing. yeah, um, yeah. which you know, he was joking, you know. Um, Which is, that's the plat like, that was known to yeah. do, like, that's the tradition there. Right. And, and I think, you know, like, people could take whatever we say here and edit it down into something that makes us look oh, really terrible. Right? Some really fucking bad things. <laughs> usually they don't even have to do that. Yeah, yeah usually. They can, say, they can they just take snippets. They just, like, they just say a time mark. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, but, you know, like, how would we feel if someone took... Uh, you know, one of our episodes cut yeah. it together to make us sound like really shitty people mm. and then threw it out there for the world to see uh, unfairly yeah. judging, right? Yeah. Um, and and I think, you know, someone made the point in this, and, and I don't know if I wholeheartedly agree, but I, I think he has done a disservice to, to unity. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's a wedge between the left and oh, the right. Oh, like, civil, like, for civilization. Like, yeah. Uh, American yeah. people. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's pushing, you know. He fomented and, a lot of, um, yeah. like, action yeah. on both sides. 
and, and I mean, and he's not the he only one. Like, to where we are now, yeah. for sure. And it's not only the left that does it. The right does it. Like Alex Jones, Tucker Carlson, all those fucking nut yeah. bars. Um, hey, man. Wait, wait. Hold up. <laughs> Did you just say Alex Jones a fucking nut bar? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, but, but so, I mean, they, yeah. ha- they have them on both sides. But, um, but, yeah, like, because his movies got so um, big... And yeah. so many people saw yeah. them and they were on like a mainstream platform. You know, like if you talk to the average person in the States, do they really know who Alex Jones is? Maybe not. Like, yeah, I don't know. Unless you're very interested in There's politics. There's so many people and, in the States. Right. Like, you could get a ton right. of answers. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but everyone, like, I feel like a lot of people yeah. know who Michael Moore is, especially yeah, now. Yeah. Um, like they asked a couple of people in Flint, you know, do you know who Michael Moore is? Not gonna know, but that was like just after Bowling for Columbine, or maybe just before. Yeah, maybe it was before Bowling for Columbine and after Roger and me. They didn't know, but yeah, I do. I have do we heart. know when Bowling for Columbine came out? Two thousand two. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. So this was probably after because this came well, out in two thousand seven. Yeah, and- but they did a lot of like uh, interviewing and stuff before Bowling for Columbine, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't know yeah. how long this documentary took to make. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wish they had have talked to guys like you know Matt Parker and Trey Stone who were in Bowling for Columbine. Mm. You messed um, up their names, but yeah. Was is it Matt Stone and Trey Parker? That's, That's right. the yeah. one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I wish they had have talked to them because like yeah, it's a big name. Like they're saying that you know a lot of people in his movies realize they didn't want to be in those movies after the fact. Like, the, the veteran that lost his arms yeah, uh, in Fahrenheit 9-11. It's like... I feel um, like Matt Stone and Trey Parker wouldn't have... Like, they produced a ton of animation and they yeah. did some music and they did a whole segment. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that they could have found themselves accidentally in it. Well, no, no but not accidentally. But again, like, interviews like, can be manipulated, right? Like, Well, like, no, but like, they weren't interviewed, right? Yeah, yeah. They were interviewed yeah. in the oh, movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought they just provided the... No, the cart like the animations. No, at some yeah, point, yeah, they, they talked to him because they're oh, from okay. Colorado, right? Yeah, and talked to him about the Columbine shooting and right and oh yeah, yeah, yep. I, I, it's been so long since I've seen like that. Marilyn Manson was in it. Um, yeah, yeah. how's he doing? Yeah, <laughs> well, he's doing well. Um, That's good. That's so yeah, so like I wish they had have been able to talk. Like some pretty damning um, conversations from people who know Michael Moore. Personally, um, yeah. the the guy that was uh, was working for Ralph Nader, and it's like, yeah, like Michael Moore kind of fucked us. Like, yeah, yeah, Muscleman. Yeah, something Muscleman. Yeah, yeah, Mister Muscleman. <laughs> Doesn't um, for his name. Yeah, like yeah. So that was it. Was hard to watch because it seems so obvious. Yeah, not obvious to the viewer of any one of his movies, but to the people in in real life, real life as an outside of the movie that like the people that surround Michael Moore, how could someone cooperate or choose to not cooperate after the fact? Right. So blatantly, like you, mm-hmm. you take segments of your film or you edit this way or that, or you, you promised or you commit yourself to one side and then you find yourself uh, on the other inexplicably. It just, he's such a popular person and he worked with so many different people for him to just pull the rug out from under people. Yeah. And it just, it, well, it blows my mind how that was possible. He seems like a very self-serving individual. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> there was one part in this when, um, Michael Moore said, I don't know who he said it to, but he's like, you know, I'm uh, just a kid from the Midwest. Like all I really want to do is get rich. So that I'm was, like, well, fuck that was, that was his, uh, his producer on uh, uh, TV Nation. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Canadian. He's a yep. Canadian guy. And yep. he said, you know, when we were on location shooting somewhere, um, right. Michael Moore would be staying in a Four Seasons and we would be all staying at like the slum hotel down the street. Yeah. And he's like, I wish just once or twice Michael would come and stay with us. Isn't that such an interesting perspective? Because yeah. he could have gone two ways with that. Or three, I guess, but whatever. But like he said that he wished that Michael could have like just come to slum it with them yeah. or he could have said like, why didn't Michael bring us into the right. the luxury hotel? Yeah. But for him to be like, I'm like 
we're good down here. We just yeah. kind of wish that you were here too. Yeah. Because now it feels weird, but well, it's not like they wanted to be up in the ivory tower. As someone who kind of parades himself around and touts himself as a man of the people, right? Like mm. Michael mm. Moore is looking out for the everyman. He's yeah. uh, he's a blue collar uh, um, guy from Flint, Michigan. Um, so yeah, it, it, that, that seems crazy. Like, you know, if I'm running a production company, yeah, you, you stay where, like, you either stay, bring your workers with you, or you stay where, where they are. Like, you, mm-hmm. you don't separate yourself from them. Yeah, especially that's at, Especially as, like, the, the everyman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just, that just seems great. And then, you know, they was talking about his million-dollar mansion on this lake in Michigan, and... It's just a log cabin. Yeah, he, he, he. You think I don't think his friend ever fulfilled the agreement that Michael Moore said to him back in the day. Do you guys remember that? No, no. When he's like, "Oh, if I, if you ever see me sitting, oh in yeah, hot tub with a cigar, punch me in the face." Yeah, if yeah, <laughs> he's a, a cigar and champagne. I think. Yeah, yeah. like wow, well, looks like we're gonna kick the shit out of you because you went yeah. pretty far. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy to me that. It that, is surprising. Uh, he yeah. he is that type of person. So it, it's a character he plays, really. I think yeah. it is. And it's shitty because yeah. of the medium that he chooses yeah. to use. Like if he had a... I don't even know what he could do. Like if we were to reclassify his movies, what like reality TV, because we all know that's kind of fucked. Like yeah. they're technically real people and it's yeah. sort of unscripted, but no one, I think... No matter how deep into it you really are, no one sure. believes reality TV. Right. It's it, it's it's still sort of it's new. entertainment. Yeah, it's like less less than twenty years old, I think. Like real reality TV. Oh like, no! Like the, Survivor came out in uh, in like ninety nine. Oh okay, yeah. so like it's twenty three years old. But no, like Survivor wasn't the first reality TV. Like there was uh, there was others. No, like, okay. I mean, like reality. Yeah, that's yeah, where I thought wild. Survivor rested. Like yeah. it, it is. New, like that's modern reality sure. TV. Yeah. That's kind of where mm-hmm. it caught fire. Yeah. Um, so like it's it's a relatively new thing, but I don't I don't know what we could call Michael Moore's films now, guys. I don't think Michael Moore is a very good movie maker. So no? his movies I just are thought good. about it right now. His movies you are guys, good. Do you guys Do- think documentary movie maker? Right. Yeah. He's not, he's not a documentary filmmaker. He's he's a docudrama filmmaker. Yeah. I would say mm-hmm. like. There, there's a lot of stuff in his movies that is set up and and kind of um, editorialized like and staged almost. Yeah, like the yeah. gun thing at the bank. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was, was fucked up. up. So I had like I had huge faith in Bowling for Columbine. Like yeah. I, I haven't been like riding the wave of information that it started, but I haven't completely forgotten about it either. Yeah, and like yeah. I say some pretty gnarly things about the states and like the people are not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the system that operates in such a way and the people simply operate it, but they could choose to change the system, but they don't. So the system is sort of independent. Um, people just push buttons and you know, they're, they're all a bunch of lazy fucks. So <laughs> they've just pushed the buttons and it's fine. Um, but like, it's, it's a shame in one way. Cause I feel like I've been an idiot for the last 14 or 15 years, ever since I've seen it. And in another way, um, I feel a little bit vindicated because I'm like, Michael Moore's American and he's looking out for Americans and he completely fucked them over. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I've been an asshole to them because of information that I had no way of fact checking right. until this doc came out. And now I'm concerned yeah. about the validity of this documentary. Yeah. Um, you guys, um, think sorry, that just, Michael- just one oh, thing, sorry. Mitch, I'm just going to go back to the, the thing that uh, Christian said about the, the gun in the bank. Um, so in Bowling for Columbine, uh, there's this bank in uh, in Michigan that if you go open up a checking account and I think if you put five thousand dollars into it, yeah, they'll they'll give you a, a free gun. Well, the bank manager explains in this documentary that well, no, like it's not like you walk in, open up a checking account, they hand you a gun over the counter and say, <laughs> "Yeehaw, go ahead." Yeah. Like they, but, ha- but that's literally what was in that, Bowling for Columbine. Yeah, that's what bowling for Columbine shows. And she said, no, um, like it's sent to a, a legal, um, gun shop. 
where you have to go through and do all your background check and everything like that, or whatever, whatever stipulations that they have in Michigan to buy a weapon. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone just doesn't walk in off the street and and it's, it's kind of a silly notion that, you know, if you're going to commit a crime with a gun, why go spend $5,000 or put $5,000 into into an account, get a gun that's registered like to (laughs) you and mm-hmm. with a serial number attached to you, and then it's connected to, to your bank account. Yeah, let's yeah. um, <laughs> use so, this gun, guys. It's foolproof. So no yeah. one's gonna know. So the bank, like, said, you know, we we told Mister Moore that at length. Like, no, you don't get the gun right here. And uh, they, he kind of editorialized their interview at the bank, saying, like, he asked, "How many guns do you have in the in the vault?" And she said, "Well, about three hundred at any given time." Well, that wasn't a vault on site. Yeah. yeah, she said like I said a vault off site like somewhere else like a warehouse. Yeah, where, where we then ship it to the gun store, hundreds of miles away. Yeah, yeah, it was like three hundred miles away or something. Yeah, so, yeah. but they didn't portray that in the movie. They like, and he day after day like badgered them to say, "Hey, no, I I really want you to give me the gun over the counter." And I understand it was to make a point. Like living in Canada, that seems like a fucking absurd. Even oh, if it was through the channels that it right. legitimately does yeah. go through. It's an absurd Imagine motion. trying to call your local bank and be like, listen, we're doing this thing. Can we just hand us a gun over yeah. the counter? <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck? So so I get the the notion behind it. I get what he was trying to convey. Yeah. But do it factually. Like, yeah. it's still fucking crazy to me that you get a gun for opening a checking account. Whether you have to even go if pick, it takes a couple months, yeah. Whether you have to go pick it yeah. up at a uh, a gun shop or not, like that's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It like the weight of that like uh, transaction is yeah. still like massive. Yeah, it doesn't have to be exaggerated even more. Right. So he could have told yeah. that same story without lying or making it factually untrue, which he does himself a disservice because now people see that and be like. Well, fuck! Like, what else? What else wasn't true? What else? Yeah, was yeah. editorialized and made up. And like, Jesus, do I do I believe half of what he says in this documentary? More? Do I believe yeah. a quarter of it? I don't know. So, what I was gonna say was, do you guys think his documentaries or his body of work would come across or come off like better or like a different, like a different medium if he did it like Sasha Baron Cohen style? I, where he's like interviewing think, people, but he's just like like making these characters that are so far out there. I think he would be respected a hell of a lot more. Yeah, because even Sasha Baron Cohen, there's still some stuff that he's done that people are like, "All right, you did some fuckery on the editing right. floor," but right. but he's still it's respected. satire. Yeah, like it's it's comedy. Like it's yeah. comedy first. It's not purporting to be. Yeah, and like Michael Moore seems witty enough and quick enough that he could just have some characters right. where he's interviewing people where like this is hilarious yeah yeah well and, and that's essentially what his show the awful truth was it was oh, okay it was more uh, of that satire uh, comedy stuff like it, it showed a clip in this it was from tv nation uh, mm-hmm. which was kind of like the precursor to uh the awful truth um but he had like this like corporate crime fighting chicken mascot where mm-hmm. like he would go the this big chicken in a cape and a mask would go into um like a say a KFC or a McDonald's or something's like, Oh, like you're not paying these people like a living wage, like you're not like which is way ahead of its time. Like like that's what people are talking about now, right? Like yeah. uh, restaurants and, and stuff not being paid uh, a living wage. But um so yeah, it 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 had that kind of like satirical kind of comedy uh then that's uh, weird that yeah it. he didn't ever really do that and i mean documentaries and, and that was after roger and me but it was before yeah. i think the awful truth might have been between um um bowling for columbine and and the other guys ones. or fahrenheit fahrenheit 9-11 as yeah. a comedy oh that would have been crazy <laughs> but, <laughs> but i mean like he kind of like he kind of does it right like he, he shows up somewhere and is like yeah but if he did it more in the vein of Sasha Baron Cohen, maybe he would uh-huh. be respected a little bit more. And yeah, I, yeah. I know I uh, Sasha Baron Cohen has has his detractors and has his uh, 
um, criticism. Yeah, but does. Yeah. Uh, but I just wonder it would be taken a little bit like more like the edges wouldn't be as sure, hard. Of course. It yeah. would be like, OK, I still I get what your message is and I get you're going like crazy with it. Not like you're portraying it like this is the cold, hard truth. Right. This is what happened. I walked right. into this bank, got a fucking bazooka, walked out. And you're like, OK, what? <laughs> it's yeah. tricky, though, because I, like that, that exact will keep with that image. It hits really hard on screen. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. It characterizes the the transaction, so like yeah. like the nitty gritty is still true. That in sure. essence, you you sign a piece of paper and you pay a bit of money, and you mm-hmm. on paper so far you have been awarded a gun of your choice. Yeah, you could even be like if you wanted to like like Baron Cohen it up with a character. You could just like Michael Moore could have pleaded for them to like print a color picture of the gun that he's chosen and they could ask, like he could ask them to cut it out. Like he could just be too enthusiastic and take it to a strange place. And then he could mm-hmm. walk out with a little paper copy of it over his shoulder. Like it, it, yeah, it's just a fucking shame really. Cause Michael Moore did a lot, I think for, for popularizing documentaries, but he didn't, oh, absolutely. he didn't popularize them um, because they were, truthful we talked about this a little while ago i don't know about which one but the fact oh it was um uh waltz with bashir the fact that it's a documentary implies and this was briefly touched on in the documentary uh manufacturing descent that it's truth that what you're seeing i think it was actually errol morris uh said this (laughs) um when you watch a documentary you are asked by the film itself, not even by the directors or writers or production company, anything. Just that tag of documentary or non-fiction film. Mm-hmm. It's it's implying truth. And Michael Moore is correct to say that there is no such thing as film without editing. But then within editing, there is still uh, like processes of achieving truth to history or like falsehoods. To history yeah. and like that yeah. does come down to the editor that there's no way for you to miscapture live footage unless you have like your colors are off or like perhaps there's uh like perspective artifacts that you've picked up based on lensing or just uh like strange uh manipulations of the camera either purposefully or accidental there's no way to fuck up turning your camera on and getting what you get yeah where you fuck up is how you stitch that shit together uh in the editing room and then you put it on screen and you still maintain that air of truth and that's that's the fucking shame with michael moore is that he's chosen to tag these as documentaries just Mm -hmm. because it seems like they are about real people like they it's yeah it's not it's not scripted per se but it is absolutely structured and manipulated and in that case it's not exactly a documentary right um yeah and that's that's a shame because he's he's made documentaries kind of cool like bowling for columbine was sick shit like we watched that in school yeah a couple of times i admittedly haven't seen anything else of his that's literally it (laughs) but um he's he stood out as like a bit of a like a bastion. Like if someone says like documentaries are lame or like you, you can't find a good fun, thrilling documentary or something that's funny or educational and, um, entertaining. Like you always, you, while I used to point to Michael Moore, I'm like, well, bowling for Columbine's pretty fucking good. And there's a couple of others, yeah. but he, he seemed to, to hold a, a torch. Like his torch burned a little brighter for documentaries and that was great. But I think mm-hmm. now for a while, well, I guess since 2007, since this movie came out, um, Manufacturing Descent, there's, there's been uh, counter evidence, which, I don't know. This wasn't a super popular documentary, I don't think. No. Yeah. I've never heard of this. Not this being before. Canadian, most, most Canadian stuff isn't. Yeah. yeah. Canadian? Unless it's a Canadian, oh, it was an American subject, but still, yeah. Yeah, the Canadian aspect of this, like the fact that... Uh, Melnick was Canadian and the team was Canadian. Uh, it was like a plot point almost to yeah. this documentary. Yeah. Because Michael Moore started to recognize them and they're like, he's like, oh, the Canadians. And 
uh, it started to bug me more and more and Michael more when he kept saying oh, like, wow. Oh yeah. Um, like, Oh, I, like, I, I love Canadians. I've got no disrespect for Canada. You guys are always super welcoming. Be like, well, yeah. I, now I regret that. <laughs> like, yeah. I wish we were smarter, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, uh, it seemed to be a plot point that the documentarians of this film were Canadian. So since, uh, this came out, so this, uh, documentary came out the same year as, uh, his documentary Sicko. So obviously yeah. it was done before Sicko because they don't even mention it uh, happening in this documentary. Yeah. Uh, the last one they mentioned is Fahrenheit 9-11. Uh, and then he did uh, Captain Mike Across America, Capitalism, A Love Story, which I've seen, and I haven't seen the rest of his. Uh, Where to Invade Next, Michael Moore in Trumpland, and Fahrenheit 11-9. Yeah, uh, we've got Fahrenheit 11.9 on DVD. I bought yeah. it from a discount rack. Take that, Michael Moore. Three cool. bucks. Yeah, so, yeah. So I, I'm I'm kind of interested to see. Um, oh, yeah. These, so. and, and yeah, it see would be the, neat to watch. See the controversy. So I was just reading something else. So in Bowling for Columbine, he, he makes a point of saying, like, how Canadians feel they're so safe. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and he, go, he goes to Sarnia. Mm-hmm. Um, in Ontario here, and he starts opening up doors to see who has their door locked. But in the film, it shows every door that he tries is open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, apparently the producer said, well, no, it was actually only about 40% of the doors that they yeah. tried were open. Which, I mean, it's still a lot, but... And For Sarnia, too. I mean, like, it's it's pretty close to the border, so, like... Right. Some mm-hmm. American out there with long arms, I mean, he's getting into your eyes. Um, yeah. So, so it's just stuff like that. Like, I, I still think 40% is is a good number like hey look you know if then go down to the states and do the same thing like do do these people have their door locked yeah but, like locked uh, versus no, you see, what would happen is you get to the first house and then you touch the doorknob yeah. and then you get your fucking head blown off <laughs> yeah and you're like all right we're not doing this study anymore um but but yeah so it's things like that that you know it just seems so disingenuous um yeah and, and yeah. just so misleading um obviously that's the point is to you know, hammer home his opinion. Um, but yeah. I'm surprised he didn't, he didn't go and knock on some igloos. Right. That would have like, been so guys, funny. <laughs> you guys live in, yeah, this is downtown Toronto. Like that kind of shit. Like, uh, yeah, fuck, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to go, just go fucking a thousand percent and make it so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot um, that made me think about Trump. Um, Whenever I saw Michael Moore up on stage, like in front of a podium or yeah, not so much when he was like one-to-one with uh, Melnick or one, one-to-one with almost anyone else, really. It was just when he was um, at a podium, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reminded me so much of Trump. Right. Like his mannerisms, like the, his anger. Yeah. The political chess game where like the left played a piece and then the right was like, oh, check out what we got. We got this guy, or well, like, and then it's just gonna yeah. go back and forth. Like it's but, it's the same tactic. It's the exact yeah. same tactic. So yeah. so they kind of made that point, uh, and I think he's he's a little bit of a narcissist. I think just like Trump, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but they made that point, like when he blames George W. Bush of using scare tactics mm-hmm. of yeah. oh the Muslims are gonna come get us, we need yeah. to invade, they have weapons of mass destruction, but then he does the same thing with saying oh. George Bush is going to uh, bring back the draft. He's going to force you all to fight his war. Well, yeah. I mean, that never happened. I don't think there's probably ever any thought of that happening. Cause Not likely. No. Nope. There would be a, a, a revolt if... Uh, yeah, you'd be uh, fighting two an, wars now. An uprising if, if yeah. they brought the draft back, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, yeah. So, it's just those like blatant scare tactics, which he was blaming George W. Bush for. Um, but, yeah, he gets up on stage and he... He screams and yells and and he's even uh, bullying because of like the young right. Republicans or the Republicans that are there. He's like, oh, look at them leaving. Yeah, and then yeah. he has his security team and his sister and his publicist kick uh, the uh, directors of this documentary out. Yeah, uh, of a of a talk. It's like, do you think his sisters built like him? So that's why he's like, you're going to be head of security. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty funny though when they got outside of that particular event that Tyler mentioned. They got out into the 
the lobby or like the 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 hallway outside of the convention hall itself. And yeah. the the one security member was like, "Oh, you're still filming. You're not allowed to film here. You got to turn your camera off." And the cameraman just turns the flashlight off. Yeah, and like it's still, yeah, like, it's still on his shoulder. Idiot. It's still and rolling even, and everything. Even with those cameras, you just like there's a button on the back to turn off the tally light. So you're like, I'm not recording. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> yeah. So it's just yeah. like I'm still recording. It was also wild too how they weren't even police and they're like, give me your ID and I'll mail it back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking right. They will get the fuck out of here. Not a chance. Yeah. 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 That was funny. It's really, it's really disheartening um, to to see that kind of stuff because I think he could probably do a lot of good if he yeah because yeah. he he he's obviously a great filmmaker. He obviously. could just choose to change the way he does it. Yeah. Simply yeah. choose, and like your mm-hmm. reputation would, you like you'd be back on the fucking rocket ship. Yeah, because no one's yeah. like they're gonna look at your your body of work and they're gonna be like, yeah. oh well, Bowling for Columbine was fucked, and like people are gonna fact check the shit out of Michael Moore's work now, and if right. he continues to do this, yeah, you're done. Like yeah. you're fucking, you're burning the candle at both ends, buddy. Like yeah. what do you think you're doing? Yeah, like Just make every- your next project like so fucking bulletproof. Yeah, like what is that saying like, oh, from? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you're good at this. Vietnam. Yeah, like the world is watching. Like, yeah, they just they just chant that in your yeah. head whenever you yeah. fucking turn in your documentary camera on because everyone is gonna see this. Yeah, you hope, and they're gonna make sure that you're telling the truth. Yeah, which is shitty, right? Because well, and that's documentary. Like when they they approach him one time talking about uh, this not for uh, not for profit uh, um, organization that he has, he's the president yeah. of. And they bought and sold Halliburton stocks, and that's like something he's extremely against. In yeah. in Fahrenheit nine yeah. eleven, he he talks about Halliburton and Dick Cheney and all, all those, right? Um, and they can look up on that organization's website their tax return yeah. and see yeah. that they bought and sold uh, um, Halliburton stocks and pharmaceutical stocks and stuff like that. And security, Honeywell. Yeah, yeah. Um, he really should have been a politician. Yeah, he basically was, right? Well, he was, but like, I mean, he's living his life like a politician, yeah. where he's just blatantly lying and doing deals with like crazy corporations. And like, yeah. But yeah, he was uh, the youngest member of city council in the state of like Texas or was, uh, Michigan was, history. No, I don't think it's city council. It's part of like the student, uh, student or, like, or like a school board. I thought he was part of something that he was like the youngest member yeah, of. Yeah, he was. He was 18. I, oh. I can't remember I'm exactly. Sure. It, was it was either something with the school board. I think it was oh, either the okay. school board or it was like council, town council or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I meant that, Lil, you're right though. He was he was technically a politician. Like he's had a political uh, career once in his life or a political position at least. But yeah. I mean more political in the sense of that, um, like he he gets up on stage and he has a position and he lays down and describes the platform sort of. I mean, he campaigned for Nader. He campaigned yeah, for like John Kerry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he he was directly involved in American politics, like at the highest level for the fucking presidency. That's like that's a politician in my yeah. mind. Like you don't have to be the one to make the decision. You just have to be one of the ones to support it. Like this is what it's like known as the body politic. Like. Yeah, you're in the room. This is the idea, like, um, of of democracy. I guess is that everybody yeah. is, in the sense, involved in politics, whether you like it or not. You live in a democratic country, and you vote. Well, great, you've exercised your right. But if you don't vote, you're simply not exercising your right. But that does not exclude you from the situation. Right. You're still technically political. You're just mm-hmm. choosing not to participate for some reason. You're letting someone else consume your vote. Yeah. And yeah, we're getting off track now here, but yeah. Um, so yeah, like he, he exists as a politician for sure. And like at the highest fucking level in, in the States possible right. is to be a politician okay. for a federal and party. Like, that's what I say. Like as, as a talented filmmaker as he is, as he is, cause he obviously he makes a great film. Like, yeah. Millions, How is that possible? Millions of people have watched it. Uh, if they were some, or they are some of the highest grossing yeah. uh, documentaries ever. Like, Exactly. It, you very rarely see a documentary that goes to theater. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and I believe... <laughs> Absolutely. I believe all or most of his have gone to theater. Mm-hmm. Like, not just, mm-hmm. like, documentary film festivals or anything like that. Like, I, I think it's very rare for uh, 
a documentary to win the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, I was curious about that. I don't know anything about Cannes, but like that's um, that's a general award, right? Like that's just it's the movie of the event. Yeah, that's the, the, the best film of the the oh, wow. festival. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's an internationally oh, yeah. recognized festival. Yeah, too. so yeah. oh yeah, that's one of the biggest film festivals. That's where mm-hmm. like all the big movies, like that, like TIFF is is huge. Right. I was like, wait, what's the one in the states? Yeah. It's uh, the Oscars. <laughs> no, that's not a film festival though. Like, oh, I guess it's these a, are film yeah. festivals, so, an award so ceremony. Can, can hmm. is is just like Toronto International Film Festival. It's or like Sundance. Sundance or, uh, yeah. Right, Michael Moore's Tell You Ride, or no, not Traverse City. Traverse City, yeah. There's a Tell You Ride uh, film festival, I think. Um, but yeah, so he's so good at filmmaking. Um, like if he just did actual documentaries and factual stuff, like like he could be a good um, influence. Like not a good influence. That sounds wrong like a representative so, but he could do good he mm-hmm. could yeah he could flat out yeah yeah he could um, scathing yeah he could do good things and and um you know unearth bad uh things instead of um you know lying to make his point or or editorializing to make his point yeah or um, lying to make his money yeah mm-hmm. or or put his money where his mouth is like He's a he's a very wealthy man. Like, mm-hmm. fucking go help Flint in the water. Yeah, and, and yeah, campaign. exactly. Well, he's not from Flint, right? Like, he's, oh. he's from Davison. So, um, Jason. Fuck. But or or yeah, just just do something like yeah. Productive Don't do what and, you're doing anymore. Yeah. Do anything else. Anything else. Yeah. Like make fucking fiction. Oh, he yeah. did make fiction. Um, he made Canadian bacon. Canadian bacon, yeah. which was, yeah. I, I think it's still like I would like to see the. Uh, um, it's, it's it's funny. Yeah. Have you ever seen it, Christian? Yeah, a long time ago. I yeah. don't remember much though. They had um, to break across the border, right, for booze or beer or something. Then they well, like invade. Yeah, the U.S. is invading Canada. Oh what? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Right. Um, let me see. It, it's on Rotten Tomatoes. It has thirteen percent. Yeah, Ooh. so it is a, not a highly rated uh, um, film on Rotten Tomatoes. Canadians have the internet, you know. And uh, on IMDb, it's a five point nine out of ten. Oh, so, well, right. uh, yeah. Okay. So he passed summer school. Great. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so maybe he's not a great. Fi- he's a great filmmaker in his line of work like in his documentary yeah. sense or quote unquote what you he calls documentaries yeah um, so I think um, he could still do it in the same style but with factual information yeah for sure no that's that's uh, I think a good point the downside though is that the beginning of his um, work it doesn't it doesn't suggest that anything he has done so far is true right and that makes it difficult mm-hmm. to to believe well anything that he's done so far and anything that he will do in the future. Sure, um, but I think it's it's interesting the choice of the title of the documentary that we watched, "Manufacturing Descent." It obviously is a play. Maybe not obviously. I shouldn't be so fucking condescending, but it's a play on. Oh, it's it's obvious. That's what it's meant to be. No, oh, it's uh, obvious to me, and it's obvious to yeah. you and Mitch. But yeah. maybe someone listening, they don't understand why this is a decent title. Um, it's it's a reference to Noam Chomsky's uh, book, I think in the 80s, 1984 or something. What a pivotal year. Um, manufacturing Consent. Uh, and this goes back to, I believe, another American uh, academic Lippmann, uh, Alfred, Alfred Lippmann or someone, Albert Lippmann. Henry Lippmann? Not sure. Lippmann. Anyways, he was an American writer, theorist, uh, commentator, thinker, uh, essayist. Anyways, he, he developed the, the notion of the idea of uh, manufacturing consent. Walter Lippmann. Walter. I wasn't even close. Uh, and then Chomsky and a, a partner of his decided to write a book about modern media and its relationship with politics to society at large in the West, at least, uh, it could likely be extended 
into other other areas of the globe as well. I don't see why not. Uh, in the essence of it is that I think there are five five pieces to the the manufacturing puzzle, uh, and it it encompasses, or at least that that list includes um, media companies or chiefs um, or publicizers, uh, companies like Fox or uh, Viacom or the New York Times, this kind of shit, like the people who deliver media to customers. Uh, and then there are uh, employees of that, which are uh, paid to go out and get these stories and to be uh, experts in a particular field of one or another so that it can be disseminated accurately because there is truly too much information for one person to be able to effectively sift through and mm-hmm. to make uh, informed consent or even uh, conclusion about. I think that this is why we have teams of, well, journalists, invest- investigative journalists, and then you can be an investigative journalist about politics or health or uh, corporations or charities or fucking anything, sports even. There's people out there doing investigative work on college sports and whatnot. So it, it specializes down, but it, that specialization is necessary. Anyways, this is all culminating in that the media represents uh, a giant filter or there are likely five filters of how shit gets to you. An event happens, it's um, reported on, and then that report is uh, filtered through hierarchies of uh, authorities, being one being government, one being uh, media heads or corporation heads. Um, and then about actual broadcasting. Anyways, it finally gets to you, but it's not what it used to be most of the time. But this is the point of the media is to be able to uh, unbiasedly, they have every right to, and they maybe even have an obligation to filter that for you. Otherwise, how could you possibly make a good decision? It, you couldn't. There's no way. So they get to tell you what is going on. This is the idea of manufacturing consent, is that if you want something to happen on um, mass, like across your, uh, your customer base, we'll call it, <laughs> your fucking democratic population, you, you may manufacture that consent through the use of your nation's media. That does not usually happen uh, on the, the moral the light side of morals. It, it usually mm-hmm. manufacturing consent was a shot taken at media and the other authorities that play their roles in this in, in the sense of that they, they do hold all the cards. The only card you hold is whether you turn the TV on or not or the radio, or you look at your phone or you even glance at a magazine cover or you hear someone... No, you wouldn't hear someone. That's not manufacturing consent. Kind of. There are, like, fucking secret agents out there for ad agencies that just go to a bar and they talk about it with this other plant about mm-hmm. Justin Bieber's new fucking concert happening and tickets are only $395 and you can get them now at fucking ticketmaster.com slash forward slash HTTPS fucking... Imagine. It got that crazy, but... It's, yeah, manufacturing consent is uh, is the play off this documentary, but it's interesting to see them use that title, to see this documentary fall down the way that it did, um, and Michael Moore become a part of the machine that he mm-hmm. so fervently and angrily speaks out against. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. he, he naturally does this, but he, he does it... Uh, like he's he's a double agent of the worst kind in that he knows how it works and then he manipulates it for himself but he manipulates it in a way that makes it feel like you're still uh, on the good up like you're on the good side of this if you watch a Michael Moore film you're informed and that's fucking devious like that would be like if Rage Against the Machine never existed and then Warner Brothers found Zach De La Rocha, the lead singer. And he was like, you know, 
I think we really need to like quell the people. Like we need a safety release valve for some of their rebellious anger. Do you think you could write some lyrics that would let some steam off the people? And he's like, oh, fuck yeah, I can fucking totally pull the wool over their eyes. Fuck. Now we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is awful news. And, and the descent part is, is exactly what, you know, he aims to do. It's he, the flip side. He yeah. aims to get people angry at the right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And push them towards the left. Like, now they're dissenting towards uh, um, either the ruling party or, or the other side that he's not on. Yeah, right. yeah, it's yeah. So like he's, you could call it he's manufacturing consent, but the, the consent would be to allow yourself to fall into his perspective, but his perspective is one of dissent to the opposing party. Yeah, so, like so manufacturing dissent is uh, is an excellent title. So dissent is uh, um, the what's the word I'm looking for? Dictionary. The definition. The definition oh. of dissent is. <laughs> COVID the, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to tell the definition. I can't think of the word definition. Um, it is the definition of dissent is the expression or holding of opinions at variance with those previously commonly or officially held. Right. Yeah. So, so Michael Moore, I think, could be called like a, a manufacturer of dissent towards at this particular time in the documentary, two thousand probably four to seven, where this was filmed, um, towards the like the Bush administration. That was a right. huge piece of this. Uh, this documentary was about that, and maybe like General Motors and like corporations generally, which and this is the shittiest fucking part, and this is why it's so bothersome to me to see this this go down the way that it did or has gone down that corporations are too powerful they aren't regulated enough by government and government doesn't have uh they don't they choose not to perhaps exercise the level of control that they do still legitimately retain um so (laughs) manufacturing dissent against siding with a corporation beautiful it's fucking amazing it's like rage against the machine which is great but michael moore did that but he didn't use the truth to do it right like his his motives Uh might have been um good down the list let's like motive number one be famous and be liked motive number two get rich motive number three uh dissent against the corporation great so like we'll start at fucking three but like shit Shit, that should be number one. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to get rich. Like, you can tell the same story, and it can even sort of look the same. It might even be funnier. I don't even know. But it it won't be as emotionally riling, which now the dissent is waning. And yeah. now your viewership won't be as emotionally destabled. In a, in a day and age where, like, we literally, we have a huge divide between the left and the right. Like, yeah. there's no there's no center anymore doesn't feel uh, like it it's it's it doesn't in, in <clears throat> canada sort of because there's there's multiple parties there's there's like seven parties yeah. but but not even here anymore like we have the stupid fucking freedom rallies and and yeah. all that stuff it it's left versus right like mm-hmm. the the one party has someone who's kind of center leaning and they oust them um yeah and, and they're going for someone more right leaning and this person's mm-hmm. more left leaning um it's very much us versus you, me versus you, yeah. um, left versus right anymore. There's no, there's no more attempt to compromise. No, yeah. uh, and and it's it, win or lose. It just keeps getting worse with, you know, figures like Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton, um, left and right. Like again, the Fox News is clearly on the right. Everyone else on the left, and <laughs> everyone else, and, and, and yeah. well, but well, I mean, yeah. like they have like One American News uh, Network, like there's, there's like Breitbart, all those. Uh, and it, wait, is Breitbart on TV? No, it's, it's an internet thing. Yeah, okay, it's a website, yeah. but but it's it's left right. and right now. It's it's you versus me, us versus them. Yeah, um, there's no helping each other anymore, yeah. uh, which is you know, I I, mean, I feel like as much as I love these movies. When I was younger, and again, admittedly, a little bit more naive, like, oh yeah, oh, this for is a sure. documentary. He's telling us the truth. 
mm-hmm. what are you supposed uh, to do as like an 18 year old yeah. kid? Like you, and like the internet back then wasn't as powerful right. or as vast as it is now. And yeah. then you have, you have like things like you have to bloom to yeah. be able to tell the color of the flower. Like right. this had to exist for us for a while for us to be able to sort it out. Like yeah. distance is the greatest uh, magnifying glass. And I'll, I think I've admitted before, like I'm a little bit more right leaning, but with compassion, like I'm not a social conservative. I, I don't believe in, in all like the, the religious aspects of, of politics. Cause I, I think that's, that's crazy. Shouldn't have any, any basis on politics, but, um, but yeah, like watching these when I was younger, I'm like, holy fuck, George Bush is terrible. He wasn't a great president, but he was a fuck of a lot better than what we've just gone through uh, recently yeah, uh, or what we're going through now, I think um, even. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You mean Biden? I, yeah. yeah. I, mm-hmm. I honestly don't follow it enough to. Yeah. You know, know. admittedly, like it was hard not to follow the Trump presidency years. Um, it really, it was actually difficult to not yeah. hear about it or see it or something. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, like other than, other than the war in Iraq, which, you know, again, I don't know whether they should have or shouldn't have. Um, I think something had to be done after 9-11. Was it invade Iraq, Afghanistan? I don't know. Seems I, like a pretty heavy-handed response. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, and, I, and I don't know the validity of the, the weapons of mass destruction, you know, whether they actually thought there was or they made that up. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, again, I, I, I didn't follow that. that Are you no. questioning their faith? But, like... <laughs> But if if Bush had have just gone and found Osama bin Laden, this is the guy that did it. Boom, take you out. Yeah, great. I, what else was bad? In that like about the Bush administration? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think I was too young and I haven't sure. had the interest to look it, back at it. I I, I think it, it was mainly just the war. Uh, that was the big thing. Yeah, right? yeah. Um. So, but. But watching these documentaries as a kid, like, or as a younger um, adult, like, holy fuck, like, I, I think that's terrible. That, that's the NRA is terrible. I mean, they're not good, mm. but, but they're these are the, you know, like the most evil people on earth, um, without being fully informed. Like, so you, mm. yeah, you're you're taking things as as are handed to you. Um, I'm glad now that I'm able to watch something and make my own conclusions and not accept everything at face value all the time. Um, but yeah. And again, I, and I was a huge fan. Like I, I probably still have the awful truth on DVD here somewhere. The, the whole box set. Um, cool. If I looked in, in boxes here in the closet. Yeah, but. it is. It is a fucking shame, but it's, there's, there's something to be learned there. And you said it exactly that uh, it's, it's different now that you're older and you you're coming to these realizations or you've had the opportunity to see at least another perspective. And the fact that, that you don't feel the need or that you're even conscious enough to, to not just take things at face value. Like someone can tell you something and you can, you can entertain the idea, but one of the strongest uh, like aspects of like a, a reasonable person is the ability to entertain an idea without having to believe it. Yeah. That you can play around with information and you don't, you don't have to fucking drink it down. Yeah. You can just sort of fuck with it and see what it does. And you don't, you don't have to believe it. So I guess the biggest takeaway from this is like back in, in the Bush years and like, I can, it's like, it didn't feel like left versus right as like it does now. Like, yeah, it, it just, you know, as, as right wing or whatever as Bush is like, there wasn't this whole religious aspect to it. Like there is now like mm-hmm. with, you know, Roe versus Wade and, you know, um, you know, a bunch of, uh, of right leaning, uh, um, justices being put up there. And it, it just didn't seem as, uh, seemed a little bit more bipartisan. Uh, yeah. Before like there but. was, there was an attempt really to, to install in the system, um, like bipartisan representation. Yeah. And maybe it's rose colored glasses and I'm remembering it as a better time. Um, but it just didn't feel to me like, like it's as divided as it is now, uh, which yeah. and it, it's extremely divided. 
Like you, you can't turn yeah. on any news without seeing some kind of fucking protest uh, or, you know, yeah. one side attacking the other side. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think it'd be wise to assume that it, it always kind of has been like this, yeah. but uh, like we've seen in the, in this documentary, um, there was like, there was rallies and protests out front of every sure. single university that he went to. And he went to like 60, but, um, but not the size that you see today. No, not like, now. But I mean, it's far easier to rally people now. Cause there's, there's like high tech cell phones and sure. there's instant internet communication. Um, so it's, it, it might just be, um, like the influence of technology and mass communication to, to make those rallies larger, but that doesn't, that doesn't change how people were feeling, uh, in their homes about these topics, right. having not received that telephone call from their friends. They're sitting on their couch and they still feel the way they feel. Had they known, uh, they would have gone, but they simply didn't know because there was no, uh, Facebook messenger or whatever people use nowadays. Do people still make phone calls? I think that's a thing. I, yeah. I try not to. Phone? <laughs> I heard, <laughs> I heard a girl in McDonald's say that uh, she's excited to try this new app where she can leave. She like, she can record a snippet of her voice, her saying something and then send it to one of her friends so that they can hear her say the thing. And I'm like, <laughs> That's Whoa, a, what what app is that? We gotta write that down. This was a couple years ago. I know it's pretty fucking revolutionary, but like that's a fucking phone call with more steps. That's yeah. that's dumb. But yeah. I guess uh phone calls are not a thing, but this new voice app messaging system, I sound like a fucking fogey right now. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, so good documentary. Uh, yeah, and I'm kind of excited in a way to to pull a, uh, a Michael Moore documentary from our list mm-hmm. uh, and watch it. And, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll go over it and we'll try and fact check it. And Maybe a newer one. I'd like a yeah. newer one. Yeah. yeah. I feel I, like I don't need to watch Roger and me now. And I, I don't need to watch bowling for Columbine right. again. Cause yeah, I mean, I don't know what I could glean from them that I haven't already sort of right. seen. And I don't know what I would see that I could trust. So our next uh, documentary is a, an American uh, centered documentary as well. Hmm. Um, it's about uh, it's about a man named Sherman. Oh shit! <laughs> All um, right. Yeah, Sherman. It's, uh, Sherman. Sh- Sherman's March. The so, man behind the oh, machine. Oh wait, is this the right is it Sherman? Be about yeah, a guy Gen- named Sherman that liked to set things on fire. General Sherman. Oh okay. Yeah yeah. Civil yeah. War. Yeah. Um. So Sherman's March. All right. Yeah. So this is uh, uh, the filmmaker Ross Mc. Kelly, uh sets out to make a movie about Union uh, General Sherman and his march to, to the sea towards the end of the American Civil War, but he keeps getting sidetracked by his own love life. Apparently. <laughs> so, <What>? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Great. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it, he, like, so reluctantly did not want to, like, be the head of the Union Army. Yeah. So Like, I, yeah, because, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a funny story. I, I don't know how much about this is how much of this movie is about General Sherman? It sounds like it's kind of like a, a kind of funny, goofy thing. Like yeah. he, he sets out to make this movie, but things get in the way and ends up being about something else. Mm. Um, oh, so I nice. thought it was like Sherman's love life. You mean the no, director's love life? Director's love life. I oh, sh- I oh, misunderstood. I'm glad we clarified. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that works out so well because I think like Sherman was like, I think like super into his wife. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. They like, the government wanted him to fucking kill everyone, and he's like, nah, I'm gonna just chill with my girl. Yeah. So, but that's even funnier. This is oh the, god, this is awesome. This is the uh, storyline <laughs> as uh, written on uh, on IMDb. It says Ross McElwee sets out to make a document about the lingering effects of General Sherman's march of destruction through the South during the Civil War, but is continually sidetracked by women who come and go in his life. His recurring dreams of nuclear holocaust and Burt Reynolds. What, what the fuck? fuck? So this is going to be a, I think, a funny little <laughs> documentary. Yeah. All I gotta say is like, we, I mean, we haven't worked that hard to try and find financing, but if this guy can get financing for a project, I feel like we can. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, He's straight tripping. Shit. So Ross uh, McKelvey has uh, uh, been kind of active directing since 1974. Oh, I uh, say we reach out. We could get a great interview with this crazy guy. Yeah. Fuck, why not? 
He is still alive, living in North Carolina. Ross McKelvey. Um, Where yeah. are you at, Ross? So his last uh, project directing was uh, Photographic Memory in 2011. Mm, so, that was a while ago. Yeah. Mm. All right. Cool. Yeah, well, this shit. is not what I thought this was. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be nice. kind of a fun little. Uh, yeah. Yeah. These are always cool. So next week I'm heading to uh, Nashville. I leave on Sunday. So we're going to try and get the, the recording in early. Okay. And cool. uh, I'll get that scheduled uh, to get. So if you don't Sick. hear from us next week, it's because we weren't able to fit it in, but uh, hopefully we will be. Yeah. Grab me some chicken. I will. Some Nashville hot chicken. Thank oh, you for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll we'll make it work. Cool. Uh, see later. you later, gentlemen. Peace out.